Good morning, Springbrook. It's so glad, we're glad, so glad to have you, uh, especially this beautiful weekend that God has given us in the middle of January. What a gift. This year, we're challenging all of our congregation uh, to get into the Bible. We have a, a reading plan that takes you through the whole Bible uh, in a year. It's called the Blended Reading Plan on the version. You can go to our website. You can tap into it. And I'll be honest with you, I missed like two days this week. Two days. And, and, and when I got back into it, I was so tempted to go back and catch up. But I didn't. I just started on that particular day, and I'll keep doing that. And if I miss other days, I won't read those days. Now, why is it? Because I want to encourage myself, and, and you have, we all have days when we might not be able to do it. And if you get too far behind, you're not going to read through the whole Bible. But really, it's a general challenge to all of us to say, hey, let's spend time with God. Let's 15 minutes uh, with God. Well, we're talking about the discipleship pathway, and as you know, we've been working on this project for two years, and we're going to be working on it a lot more, but we're at least to this stage uh, where we can go public with it and share with you uh, what we found. We've had a leadership meeting uh, once a month with our LL team, leadership learning team, uh, that's uh, been, again, once a month for the last 18 months. And uh, they have come up with a lot of what you're going to see. Our mission statement, of course, reaching and building passionate followers of Jesus Christ. We added the reaching because we want to see people come to Jesus. See people come to Jesus. And then, of course, we want to build passionate followers of Jesus Christ. This is our discipleship pathway. So you start at the connect step, and then the next pathway step is to grow. The next pathway step is to equip, and the next is to multiply. Now again, you don't have to go through it in a linear fashion, but these are the four areas that we want to focus on in developing disciples. So we're talking today about equipping. Next week we'll be talking about multiplying. Now, this is our picture of disciple. Why don't you guys stand up? Uh, we're going to continue to learn together uh, what a disciple is. Because, again, we thought, okay, if a person comes into our church, they become a Christ follower, what do we want to teach them over the next three to five years? Because whenever you're going to make something, you start with the end product, right? <laughs> okay. What are you looking for? So let's do this together, and I'll go slowly. All right? Share... Jesus with others, love others by spiritually investing in them, worships God daily through spirit-powered obedience, studies, applies, and lives out God's Word, serves others through their spiritual gifts or your spiritual gifts, cultivates a relationship with God through prayer. One more time. Shares Jesus with others. 
loves others by spiritually investing in them, worships God daily through spirit-powered obedience, studies, apply, and lives out God's Word, serves others through spiritual gifts, and cultivates a relationship with God through prayer. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I find that type of memory tool helpful when I try to remember all the things that we're describing as a disciple. But that took a lot of time. We studied the Scriptures for that. Last week we talked about uh, a lot of churches like ours, you know, a person becomes a Christ follower, they make that unbelievable, incredible decision, and they're transformed, and there's no discipleship that takes place after. There's no one to come alongside them. And we've been changing over the years, and we're going to get even more specific in how we follow up with people, because again, now we have a discipleship pathway that we can show them. We can show them. When a person comes to Springbrook and says, I want to get more involved, what should I do? Well, we send them to our starting point class, which is uh, typically every month, and it starts uh, on the second Sunday of the month. And so in February, we're going to have a starting point class. And this is my desire. We're, we're, we're changing our culture. And the more you can be exposed to it, the more you are going to understand it. So for those of you who are leaders, I would encourage you to go to it. Now it's three Sundays at 11 a.m. Pastor Rich and Laura put a great package together talking about our church, our history, our beliefs, and ministries that we have, how you can get involved in ministries, how to become a member, and it covers it all. So I encourage you leaders to go through it, first of all, just to kind of get the bigger picture of what we're trying to do, but particularly because you can invite others. And you can say, hey, listen, I've been to the starting point class. It was good. And you should go too. Because you can't really recommend something that you haven't been to. But, Dan, that's time. (laughs) Yeah, it is. If we're going to grow to be a disciple-making church, we have to do more. And that's just simply taking a three-week workshop. So starting point, write that down on your communication card if you're willing to step in on February 12th. Now here's the discipleship bullseye that we talked a lot about last week. This is the secret formula of building disciples. So what do we have? The first thing is a relationship, right? You cannot grow and thrive as God wants you to without first having a relationship with another Christ follower that you know and you talk and you pray with. The second thing is discussion and discovery. And again, when we're talking about discipleship, we always have an open Bible because this is the living, breathing Word of God. And when you read it, the Holy Spirit just kind of jumps out at you and speaks to you in your own, in His unique way to your unique circumstances. And then we have the three A's, application, accountability, and affirmation. Now let me tell you the difference between a small group and an alongsider huddle. All right? 
So a small group has about six to 12 people. Now, we're going to start these alongside our huddles, but they only have like three to four at the top. Uh, and it's the same gender, you know, men and women, where small groups can be a mix. Uh, a small group is, is regular commitment. Uh, again, you're not like <laughs> they're going to kick you out if you miss a meeting or anything like that. <laughs> and the alongsider huddle isn't like that either. But there is a higher commitment. If you're part of an alongsider huddle that meets weekly, uh, you need to be there. And if you can't be there, well, that really impacts the group, so you might have to reschedule the group. Uh, it's that important. And there's more homework, and there's an openness to be challenged and encouraged in God's Word. See, we've got the three A's there, remember? Application, accountability, and affirmation. Now, that's one of the things that makes an alongside or huddle. First, the size, because people are going to open up more easily in a smaller group than they would in a regular small group with three or four people. And also because as part of every time you get together as an alongside or huddle and you're discipling one another, is you come up with an application for that day for your life. And you communicate that application uh, to the people in your group, and then they hold you accountable. Not a, not a police type of way. Uh, what they do is they say, hey, how's it going? You mentioned this last week. We've been praying for you. How's it going? And again, hey, I'm still working on it. Whatever. But the point is, is you're opening up your heart to others who will help you grow to be Christ followers. And of course, we want to affirm each other, right? That's what we need is we need a lot of encouragement as we grow spiritually. So the difference basically is the size of the group and gender and then the three A's. Now, again, the three A's happen in the small group to whatever degree, but sometimes it doesn't. So, again, we're just making that uh, difference. And, again, you can do the three A's in the small group. But, again, this this allows you to have an alongside a relationship with your kids, right? What do they need? Well, you got the relationship already, and you can discuss the Bible on their, their level, and then you can just ask them questions. And depending on how old they are, the application, the accountability, the affirmation. You see, this is an overall principle in Scripture. That if you have a relationship where you're discussing and discovering the Bible and there's application, accountability, and affirmation, there's a much better chance that you are going to grow. And we've heard it over and over about some of the groups that we've led and people have changed. And that just thrills my heart. It really does. Uh, as I said before, God has really spoken to me in a brand new way. And he said, Dan, it's all about discipleship. You've got to help people to grow. You've got to ask people, hey, what's the next step for you? Not in, not in pressure in any way. I mean, they can do what they want. But at least we're saying, okay, this is what we have. And, and what's the next step for you? What, what, what might you be interested in, in growing? 
in the Lord. So here again, we have our discipleship pathway. Let me ask you a question. How are you feeling about yourself lately? Where's your self-esteem at? Are you feeling good about yourself? Do you have a strong self-esteem and a strong relationship with God? Or maybe you're going through a period of struggle where you say, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm here. <laughs> I'm not really making any significant impact that I can can think of. And life just seems to be going week after week and month after month. And it's just boring. Well, friends, if you engage in this discipleship pathway, uh, your life will not be boring because we need to see things through God's eyes. And the things we need to realize is that God created us. God created us. We see in Genesis 2, 6 or 7, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the earth. So the mist actually came up from the earth instead of it coming down. And then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. God created... Just take your hand. Okay, everybody? Look at your hand. Okay? And just study it for a second. See how it moves and uh, what the texture is. How many wrinkles you have, or whatever they're called. Isn't that amazing? That you can control this hand to do good. Right? You control it. God, (laughs) God has designed us in such a miraculous way. We could just spend all the time studying about our Bibles and say, wow, <laughs> God knew what he was doing. In fact, it says that God saw us when he was weaving us together in his, in his womb in Psalm 139. Today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. And uh, we, we believe in the sanctity of life. Uh, some pro-life issues. Abortion since 1972. 58,568,256. Talk about genocide, right? I mean, think about that. 58 million kids have been aborted. It's so sad. Now, maybe you aborted a child. And the good news is that there's help for you. It's not the unforgivable sin. God forgives. And He wants to restore you. In fact, we're going to be talking about a ministry uh, later in the message called Informed Choices that helps women when they're pregnant and they see, you know, the the, uh, x-ray or whatever, the CAT scan, in terms of they see the baby. They've got the equipment there. And they realize the world's been telling them a lie. We believe that God starts His creation at conception. 
And who are we to rip apart? His creation, right? So again, uh, it's good news that abortions have gone down since uh, 73, but there's so much more work to do, and we're going to be uh, getting baby bottles, all right? Baby bottles, and we're going to use those to put money in, and uh, then we're going to bring them back. So it's a great family activity, and it's a great way to resource and form choices so they can reach more women with the truth. And, of course, you have genetic engineering, stem cell research, euthanasia. This is all about sanctity of life, the holiness of life that God meant it to be. And men are turning against that. So, let's say this together, okay? God created you. Uh, God redeemed you. So let's say me instead, all right? God created, God redeemed, okay. You've got to remember this stuff because if you're constantly barraged by the world's message, you're going to think that you're not you know, a person who has it all together. When it's a lie, it's a lie. God redeemed you. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So God redeemed us. That's the idea of buying a slave off the slave auction and releasing him. And friends, we are slaves to sin. We were born with a sinful nature. And the penalty, of course, is eternal punishment. But God has provided the gospel in order for us to trust in Him. And how that happened was that Jesus Christ, God Himself, had to come down. He had to become one of us. He had to keep the law perfect. So when He hung on that tree, He was not being judged. But He had our sins upon us. And all we have to do is repent and believe and say, God, there's no good works that can help me become a Christian. But, hey, I'm so glad that you made this free offer. And that's the gospel. All right, so let's say it together real loud now. God, oh. <laughs> a little more energy here. Imagine you're watching one of the games today, later. Oh, go Packers. Yeah. Great game. Hmm. That was an unbelievable play. <laughs> All right? So let's put some energy into it. God. And then. And then. Very good. Romans 8.15, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You've been adopted. Isn't that fantastic? And here you were in slavery to sin and headed toward an eternity without Christ. And, and because of your decision to put your faith in Christ, God adopted you. He made you one of His children. And again, I would encourage you to go on our website and go to the sermon area. 
And I have a, a document there, Identity in Christ. And you need to get that down if you're feeling down about yourself or even if you're feeling up about yourself. <laughs> because our identity has to be wrapped up in Jesus Christ alone or we will get off track. So let's say it together. Ready? God. 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 Are you feeling a little bit better about yourself? I mean, you're special. Now, some of you maybe haven't made that decision to follow Christ, and we would encourage you to do that. Come up to any of us and talk to us about that. But uh, now, God created everybody, but God has only redeemed certain people, and He wants you to be redeemed. And God has adopted us. And now we're talking about people who have accepted that free gift of salvation. God designed me. Ephesians 2.10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, the verse before this said that salvation is free, right? But what naturally comes from being a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit within you is that you are serving God and you are His workmanship. His workmanship. You are unique. Sometimes, you know, we all think we're square pegs and we just get put in the holes. No, 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 no. He created you uniquely. He planned out your whole life. He knew what good things you were going to do because He is sovereign. So you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, these are things we have to, we have to meditate upon and ask ourselves, what does that mean to me? Because usually we just kind of read through it, oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, that doesn't go to the mind, maybe, but not to the heart. You've got to think about these things a lot because it's who you are in Christ. He created you for good works. He fashioned you for certain good works that other people couldn't do. And when did He do it? God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What do you think God planned out your life? Way before the creation of the world, I'll tell you that. Isn't that amazing to think about? And maybe you're suffering right now. Maybe you're going through a lot of pain. You just have to trust God. You just have to trust Him. You have to lean on Him. And you've got to know that He's got a plan for your life. And that as you suffer, you grow, you mature. Right? Okay, let's go again. Ready? Go. Let's start again. All right, First Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, we're talking about spiritual gifts. And you, if you look in your bulletin, uh, you'll see my green uh, note page, which has a lot of the spiritual gifts listed. So you can reference that if you're not familiar with spiritual gifts. But all these gifts are needed in the body of Christ. As each has received a gift, use it. Use it. Not optional. 
You have a spiritual gift, and more than one. And, of course, that's why we're encouraging you to go to the uh, spiritual gifts class starting this week. Because that's one of the most important things you can do as a Christian. Is say, okay, God, <laughs> you, know, you redeemed me. Uh, you adopted me. You designed me. Help me to understand how you designed me. Help me to understand what kind of passion you gave me spiritually. Help me understand my spiritual gifts and how I can use them. That's your mission in making disciples. How has God designed you? And you've got to use it. Because if you don't use it, it's worth nothing. So if you're not using your gift right now, we're not being blessed by it. So you need to use your gift to serve one another. To serve other people primarily in this family. And then, of course, outside this family with the good news of Christ. As good stewards of God's varied grace. His compassions never fail there. They are new every morning. Do you realize that you are a dispenser of God's grace? And what I found in life, I don't know, maybe 50% of the grace that's passed on is through another person. That might be a Bible, might be, uh, you know, somebody teaching, but again, you're. Your incredible privilege is to give grace to people. I need grace every day. Don't you need grace every day? Don't you need strength? Don't you need encouragement? Don't you need what God wants to give you? And the beautiful thing is a varied type of grace. So from one person, you, you know, you get this type of grace. And from another person, you get this type of grace. And... It just keeps on flowing. I remember this week, I was a little bit down, and I got a phone call. And after that phone call, I said, thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for helping me <laughs> thinking in the right way. All right, let's go again. Now, God created me, God redeemed me, God designed me, God gifted me, and God commissioned me. Remember, of course, we've looked at this a lot. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And again, it's not about us being super disciples. Of course, we want to become more mature disciples. But the main thing is you're making disciples. You're engaged in it. And, and here at Springbrook, we're going to give you a lot of opportunities to do that, to make disciples. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Here we have the essence of what a disciple-making community is all apart. So you have your leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And what is their job? To equip, right? So my job, certainly, 
as your lead pastor and Rich as executive pastor. And then, of course, our leaders, we are to equip you. We are to guide you in discipleship because as you grow as a disciple, you're being equipped. We want you to find your spiritual gift. And so we encourage you in that way. We want want you to know how to study the Bible and live on mission in your life. So that's our job is equipping. Of course, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, that's a pastor's job. Uh, Well, no, my job is to equip you to do what God has commanded In Ephesians 4.13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's discipleship, isn't it? Yeah, you're equipped through leadership gatherings and other experiences and these workshops we have going on and alongside our huddles and small groups. You are being equipped to help people to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. One of the things God has taught me, you know, it's all about the individual. You know, to take every individual under my care, you know, and to do whatever I can to care for them, for love, to love them. And it's not if our our church is growing numerically. It's a fact that you are all here. And we're discipling one another. And we're helping each other take the next step. Remember we talked about what we want to say? What's the next step in your life of discipleship? This time... I'd like uh, some people to come out. We have a spiritual gifts class, which is starting. Uh, what what date is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the spiritual gifts class? What was it Wednesday or Thursday? And the, what's the time again? Okay, Wednesday. Uh, the 25th, this week, all right? And I just want to give you an illustration of how a person experiences their spiritual gifts and uses it. So, Katie? Hello, good morning. Um, my name is Kate. Um, I'm just going to talk about spiritual gifts a little bit. Um, so some things I've learned, um, about the spiritual gifts class is I've been able to learn what my gifts are and gain a further understanding of what all they entail. Um, the top three that I find are most prevalent in my life are music, counseling, and discernment. Um, since completing the spiritual gifts class, I've been able to go out of my comfort zone and now I serve once a month on the worship team. Um, I also frequently find myself using the gifts of counseling and discernment in my daily interactions with others and um, helping them and going through life together with them. Uh, I enjoy worshiping God and spending time with him, and I find music to be comforting for me, and I learn more through music. 
Um, I enjoy helping others um, for being someone that they can talk to. And I find the gift of discernment being used cohesively with counseling. Um, and that um, is how God helps me to know, you know, what is godly advice versus what might be my own opinion. And uh, I just would like to encourage you to uh, check out the spiritual gifts class and find more about how God has gifted you and how you can use that to serve. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Good morning. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm Marcy Heflin, and I've been at Springbrook for six years. And I heard of the spiritual gifts class, but I had never taken it. And I didn't really know exactly what spiritual gifts meant and what they were. Um, when I took the class, I finally discovered exactly what the spiritual gifts were, how many there were, um, and exactly why God gives each believer different ones to use within the body of the church. And um, it, it's really cool to see how each person's spiritual gifts that they have, they all come together, it's kind of like a puzzle, and um, just to see how God works with that. And finding out my spiritual gifts were helps, evangelism, and discernment. And the ministries that I've used my gifts include Kid City, Hospitality, and Awana. I love using my gifts to, of helps and evangelism <clears throat> excuse me, in these ministries. And I feel that once you understand what your spiritual gifts are, I believe you really see God using you through them. My favorite part of ministry is connecting with people. My husband can attest to that because I love to talk. Um, my favorite part is Sunday mornings when we get to greet the kids and the parents and to see their smiles. <clears throat> um, I just love connecting with the people and um, working with the kids and the teachers and just teaching them about the love of Jesus and God's word. Amen. Hi, my name is Anita Kidrowski, and I've been coming to Springbrook for 20 years now. And uh, I remember the first time that I came in, uh, it was kickoff day, and you were setting the balloons off in the uh, parking lot. <laughs> and um, it's funny how God directs our lives because the people who were greeting at the front door were people I sat with at Willow Creek for many years. And they knew that I worked with children and taught them. And they said, Springbrook needs somebody in the children's ministry. So here I am. And I've been so privileged to work with so many people using their gifts like Rich Pepke for many years and Christy Gassett. And... Um, you asked me, you said, why do you do it? Well, because of my love for Jesus. I want to serve him and be all that he created me to be. And um, I get to do that here. He gave me the gift of teaching and the love for children and the desire to Teach them all there is to know about the Christ. And you know, after all these years, I never get tired of serving him in that way. Because there's nothing like 
seeing a child grow in the knowledge and the relationship with our Lord. And if any of you are considering the um, children's ministry, just see our children's director, uh, Michelle Hall, has everything you need to get started today if you want. (laughs) And um, all you need is a willingness to come alongside a child and show God's love. Amen. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark O'Mara. Uh, I've been coming to Springbrook for a little over 10 years now. I was actually not a Christian when I first started coming here, and Pastor Dan led me to Christ, changed my entire life. Um, part of my spiritual journey was um, going through the spiritual gifts class, and I found out that my uh, spiritual gifts, two the top two, were leadership and service. Uh, I... It should be part of our DNA to volunteer. And we have so many great ministries here. There is a ministry for every single person. If you want to feel good about yourself, sign up for one of those ministries. You might not find the one you like at first. But believe me, you will eventually find the one that you fit right in with. I'm part of Kid City and the production team. Um, Part of the production team, we're always looking for people there. So if you're interested in being behind the scenes on the camera, lights, sound, multimedia, producing, we have so many different spots, come and talk to me, and I'll lead you to the right uh, person you could talk to. Thank you very much. Good morning. My name is Kathy Yudis, and um, I had taken a spiritual gifts class um, years ago, and I couldn't remember what the outcome was. So I thought, I want to take it again. I kind of remember, I know I have uh, creative communication as one of my spiritual gifts, and I just wanted to uh, affirm that and find out if there was something maybe I wasn't aware of that I should be using, because um, I be- truly, well, I, I've known Jesus since I was five, and um, we've spent our life together, <laughs> and I, it was, what a blessing. Um, music is one of the things that he has um, kept me close to him and drawn me back when I start to drift and um, I want to give it back to him because it's been um, a, a wonderful gift that I treasure. Uh, I also have used my gift in uh, Promised Land uh, helping with the kids at Willow Creek. I was fortunate enough to serve with Miss Anita years ago and um, that's a fun way to use creative communication. I also have, I discovered that I have the gift of evangelism and mercy and so I thought, okay, um, help me use more gifts than, than I was aware. I mean, I want to use them all because I don't want to waste them, and I want to give them back to God because he gives so much to me. Um, so I would highly encourage uh, anyone who hasn't taken the spiritual gifts class to take it and discover more about yourself and what God wants you to be. Um, one of the things I want to do with the gift that, that he's blessed me with is to help people feel his presence and his love. And I really, truly believe the world needs more joy and more peace. And so if I can help people feel God, um, I hope that they'll be drawn to him also. So that's my mission. And um, 
is very rewarding. So if you don't know your gifts, figure them out because it's a connection to God for me, and I'm sure it will be for you. Amen. Good morning. Uh, I'm John Pushpraj. I'm an elder here at Springbrook. Um, I took the spiritual gifts class a few years ago. Um, Matthew chapter 5 talks about the parable of the talents, and uh, I did not want to be the guy that buried his talent. And uh, in fact, uh, at the end of the uh, passage there, uh, it goes on to say that God commands those uh, who use their God-given talent for kingdom work. I took the class when uh, Pastor Rich was teaching. Uh, it was a very good class. I, I thought going in, I had some preconceptions, and uh, I thought that uh, leadership and organization would be my gifts because I used that as part of my secular job. I was surprised to find out that it was missionary and hospitality. It ranked much higher. And uh, to my family's delight, I also came to realize that music is not my gift. So, <laughs> and uh, when I found out that uh, it's... Uh, um, um, missionary and hospitality, I started getting involved in mission work. Up until that time, I never stayed away from any mission trips or anything of that. And uh, Springbrook had organized a mi- mission trip at that time. I participated. I enjoyed it. And that's an area I'm very actively involved now. And uh, as for the gift of hospitality, uh, my wife and I uh, opened our home to host a small group. And uh, we enjoy opening up our home for other activities as well. One interesting thing is... Um, it's a joy to uh, utilize these uh, spiritual gifts. And uh, one thing I've realized over the past few years is, uh, okay, you know, all, almost all of us are busy with our uh, work, life, and uh, no matter how busy life gets, I've found out that God always energizes us when we use the spiritual gifts in support of his kingdom. I've never felt tired. I could have, you know, traveled 15 hours, come back and get involved in something for kingdom work. At the end of the day, I get energized. So um, definitely uh, take the class. I encourage you. Uh, it's, a, it's a very small investment, and uh, you're going to get a lifetime of uh, returns. Thank you. All right. Thank you, John. Anita, come out here for a second. Uh, Anita has been serving in our children's ministry since we began, and that's 20-plus uh, years. And I can remember bringing in her tubs at Lake in the Hills Elementary School, mm-hmm. She'd always be the first one there, and uh, then at Jacobs High School, and then for the last 10 years here, and uh, it's such a beautiful example of how you find your niche, how you grow your spiritual gift, and again, you become better as you go along, obviously, right? As the Holy Spirit teaches you. So we just like to give this as a uh, uh, token of our appreciation uh, for you. All right, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for all these testimonies of your power. I pray that uh, you would just continue to raise people up in our ministry and realize that they were put here for a person. And the most amazing thing is, is that when you are using your spiritual gift, you're having fun. (laughs) Because that's the way God created you. You don't have to you know, go through the class right away, but uh, you can try different ministries. And then, uh, but the class certainly is helpful in guiding. In Christ's name, amen.